0: Morning. It's so good to see each one in this new year. We're thankful that you're here. As we begin this morning, let me just simply say a word about our calendar that we just passed out. If you notice in there, it has a place for you to use that as a planner this year. It's a little bit different than we've done in the past. And also in the back, we have the directory, we have phone numbers, addresses, and folks of the members who are here, and if you somehow were mistakenly left off, we pray that you will tell us and let us know so that we can get that corrected, and if you make a change during the year, we ask that you be sure to let Sandra know, either in a phone number, address, or whatever, so that we can make sure we correct that before the next calendar is published in 2017. But we hope that you're able to use that. We hope that you will look at all of the events, that you'll schedule them in your schedule, and if possible, be a part of those with us as we seek to serve the Lord during this year in trying to, to improve and to do the things that the Lord wants us to do as we reach out to others. Let's begin this morning as we think about our lesson. The the theme for the year, of course, is the battle belongs to the Lord. But I want to begin this morning by asking you a question. What is your biggest challenge today? What's the biggest challenge that you face today? And and as you're thinking about that, I want you to be honest with yourself. I'm not asking you to state it out loud. I just want you to be honest with yourself because, you know what, every single one of us has challenges in our life. As I think about challenges that people face, I I think about this past week because this past week I went to two funerals. Went to one yesterday, went to one the beginning of the week, and some of the family members who who have buried loved ones this week, they're here with us. And and as I think about that, I I think about others who've lost loved ones, and and I think about Michael Whitworth and his wife Sarah, who just a few weeks ago, they lost a two-year-old child. Went to bed at night and woke up, and he was—he had passed away during the night. Had not been sick, and—and and that's so sad. Marlene had a coworker who lost. I think it was an 18-month-old, who, uh, four-month-old. I'm uh, mistaken about that. Who—who who just passed away, and it's a challenge. Every time we have to bury someone that we love, I know some are going perhaps to a funeral today of, uh, of students, or at least I know that's going on, it's a challenge. We face those challenges on a regular basis. It may not be that you've lost a loved one, but it may be that there's some other challenge that's facing you. In this past week, I can't help but wonder How many people were diagnosed throughout our area, throughout our nation, throughout the world with some kind of cancer or some other disease that they're going to have to face and going to have to fight? That's a challenge. I know some of our own members here are facing biopsies this week and they're facing surgeries this week. Some are undergoing treatments. and, and, And it's a challenge. Sometimes it's a challenge for us because we ask the question, what am I going to do if? I get sick. How am I going to make it? How am I going to survive if I get sick? It's a challenge when we think about our health. It may be this morning that some of us are facing relationship challenges, and it may be that it's a teenager who's struggling with a relationship in regard to someone they're dating. It may be someone who who says, you know, I'm not dating anyone right now, but will I ever find the right person? Uh, they would love to have a, a made-in-life, one that could, they could spend their life with, and, and they haven't had any success at that, but, but they're wondering about that, and so they're facing, to some degree, a relationship challenge. It, it may be that there are husbands and wives who are facing challenges with each other, the, the family's falling apart, and it's such a sad, sad thing to see that. God aches when we see those kind of things going on in our own world. It may be that there's a relationship challenge between parents and children. Uh, Maybe there's some fence that needs to be mended between a mother and, and, and son or daughter or father and son or daughter or the relationships that they share. It may be a relationship challenge. Maybe a relationship with a friend or a neighbor. Uh, one who perhaps is difficult to live with, to, to live beside even. We have relationship challenges and they can bring heartache into our life. They can, they can make life difficult for us. We all face challenges. Sometimes there are different ones. It may be this morning that there's someone facing a, a, a money challenge. Our economy is not strong businesses are closing people are being laid off they're losing their jobs you hear about it on the news and, and some have experienced it firsthand people ask the question the real question how am i going to pay my mortgage they ask the question how am i going to pay my light bill listen folks they ask the question how am i going to put food on the table we, we sometimes, you know, scoff at that to some degree in this nation of such uh, plenty, but, but people are facing money challenges. You know, they are folks who are on fixed incomes. And, and they're retired, they, they can't work any longer, and they're wondering am I going to run out of money before I run out of life? That's a challenge. That's something that people face on a regular basis. There are single parents who are facing the struggles of raising children. There are people who today are afraid. Our, our president says foolishly that the biggest challenge that we face is climate change. And I say foolishly because the, very, the Word of God very clearly teaches us that as long as this old earth remains... Summer and winter and spring and fall, it's going to remain. And, and, and we can't change the climate enough to change that as long as the earth remains. And, and yet millions are afraid of terrorists, which is a real challenge in our world today. You know, there are some who are staring at four walls with an empty chair because a loved one used to sit there and they're no longer there and they have no one to be with them. And they're so, so lonely. It may be that you're just discouraged because, you know, things just don't seem to go right for me and I have a hard time ever accomplishing anything and I just don't know if I can try anymore. You're discouraged. That's a challenge. It may be that, that you're depressed even and perhaps suffering from what's called clinical depression. And I threw that one in there because next Sunday we're going to be talking about that. It's not going to be me. It's going to be Brother Lonnie Jones who is from Meridianville, a faithful member at the Meridianville Congregation and a licensed practical counselor. Many of the young people know Lonnie from, from different youth events, a very popular speaker, a very effective speaker. And he's going to be with us and he's going to be talking about depression. But a lot of people... If you notice in the bulletin today, just notice some of the statistics about how many people are facing challenges from things such as depression and even clinical depression. Well, have I covered your biggest challenge yet? We've talked about a lot, mentioned a lot of them so far, but have have I gotten to yours yet or do I need to go on? Well, let me just go on anyway. You know, somebody might be struggling with a sin that they need to confess and and to feel the healing of God, the the forgiveness that He offers. Some perhaps are struggling with guilt and the inability to to forgive himself or herself for something that they've done in their life, a very real challenge in the lives of so many. Some struggle with forgiving others for what they've done or perhaps for what they haven't done or what, what we thought they should have done. That's a challenge. A challenge that we face, a real challenge that's in our lives, that that sometimes the people that we're sitting beside at church and, and the people that we live by or perhaps even live with, that they are facing a challenge. Some folks had a hard time going to sleep last night. You know how I know? Because some folks are worriers. They're worried about different things. Most of the time it's about things that they can't change or perhaps never will happen anyway. But they're still worried. And That's a challenge that people face. You say, preacher, I know I've got problems and you know I've got problems and I just need to know what I can do about them. What we want to do this year is spend some time talking about some of the challenges that we face. And, and we want to try to find some solutions to them. We want to try to find some answers. But the best way I know of doing that is to look at the Word of God. And I want us to think about a verse this morning. It's the, it's the verse that we're using for the text of our theme this year. It's found in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 at verse number 47. The Bible says, "...and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword or spear," For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hand. The battle does belong to the Lord. It is in His hands. He is there to help us. And we're going to be talking about that this year. Uh, We're not just going to be repeating that verse over and over again. We want to look at some real things. We want to think about some things. And when I think about that verse, I I really want to know what does it mean? It sounds good, but what does it mean? How does it apply to my life? What can it do for me? How, How will it help me when I think about all the things, maybe one of the things that I thought about this morning, that's a challenge in my life. How's it going to help me? It might have helped David a long time ago as he was standing in front of Goliath, but how will it help me in 2016? We want to get real. We want to be real all year. And and I think as we think about the Word of God this morning, and, and even this verse, we want to know what it means for me, and how it can help me, and how it will lift me, and And help me to get out of my struggles? Does it mean that every burden is going to be lifted and I'll never struggle again? That I'll live happily ever after? Is that what it means? And the answer to that is no. The passage that we're going to be looking at and thinking about, using as our text for the year, is one that I believe that we have to understand. But it must be understood biblically, and it must be understood or applied properly. Because when we don't do that, when we don't look at it biblically, when, it, when it's not in harmony with God's Word, we can, we can do some harm. When, when we don't apply it properly, we can do some harm. I want us to understand this morning, it requires faith on our part. But we're not going to stand up here this year and say, if you don't have faith, then, then you're going to continue to struggle. We'll have some struggles, but, but faith is not all of the answer. There are other things that we have to consider. And you know what? When we misunderstand this verse, misunderstanding and misapplication of it destroys faith. So we want to look at it from the right way. We want to look at it from God's perspective. We want to look at it from from what He truly teaches and how He truly means for us to understand it so that we can have that real help in our life so that we can face those real challenges in our life and meet them, not perhaps with a smile, but be able to meet them with strength and with courage so that we can continue to live this life with the hope of the next. And have that assurance that when this life is over, we do have something that is better awaiting us. This morning what I want us to do in the few minutes that we have remaining is I want us to look at four things together. I want us to think about some things in regard to this passage in general that that we need to always remember throughout this year as we're talking about different subjects and different challenges and different things that we face. These are some of the things that we have to hold on to and, and remember throughout not only this year but the rest of our life as long as it may be. And so what are those four things? Well, number one, I want us to understand that we must not be dominated by the dismayed. Now, if you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 with us. And we're going to be looking at some verses there. But I want you to think about the people we're reading in this passage about the the fight between Goliath and David and the events that surrounded it. But I want you to understand there are some people who are surrounding the events in addition to David and Goliath. And they have a reaction to what's going on. They, they have a life that they're living. And, and these people, you know, they react in a certain way. Look, if you will, to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse number 11. The Bible talks about how this giant man had come out there, nine feet tall. He had come out and he had challenged the armies of the Lord. He had defied the armies of the Lord. He said, send me one of your men down here let's fight with me. How would you like to go down there and fight with a nine foot tall man? You know, it would be a tough thing for us to face. But you've got to remember that Saul was probably around seven feet tall himself. King Saul, he stood head and shoulders above the rest of his people. And so he is a a rather large man himself. The even bigger than him. But, But think about the reaction in verse number 11. When this giant came out, the Bible, English Standard Version says, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. What does the word dismayed mean? Whenever we think about that word dismayed, I think about it in these terms. They just didn't know what to do. They had no answer. They had no solution. They had no way that they thought they could beat this man. They were down. They were out. There was just simply nothing that they could do. They were without hope. That's what it means to be dismayed. How would they beat this army when they had this champion who's out there like that? the Bible says these men, Saul and his soldiers, Saul and his army, Saul and the people, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Look at verse 24 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. The Bible says all the men of Israel, that's all the soldiers, the ones who heard him, all the men of Israel when they saw this man fled from him and were much afraid. Your people, again, they, the only thing they know to do is run. Run away. Look at verse 33. 1 Samuel 17, verse 33. You remember David said, hey, let me go. He's just a young guy, probably around 15 years old or so. He says, let me go out there. But do you remember what the Bible says that Saul, King Saul said to him? Look at verse 33. The Bible will tell us there, Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you're but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. Now wait a minute. Do you know what he just told David? You can't win. You've heard me say one of my favorite movies is, is the movie Rocky. And Rocky always has to get Adrian's approval. And, and in one of those movies, the, in the franchise, she tells him, You can't win. And you know what? He's dismayed himself. He thinks, I can't win. And it's not until Adrian comes out, you know, and every one of them, she gives him the encouragement and, and he's ready to go, you know, and he goes out and he wins the battle. Saul says, David, you can't win. I looked at him. I'm seven feet tall. I can't beat him. My soldiers can't beat him. And you, little young man, you little whippersnapper, you—you you can't beat him either. And you know what? That's the same thing that people around us tell us. You're facing a battle. You're facing a challenge. Your family's falling apart. Just go ahead and throw it away because you can't win. You might as well when you're when you're down and out with your money, you might as well just give up because you can't win. What do you need to live for? You've lost so many people in your life. You're sick, just end it. You can't win. Life and a lot of things in it are frightening. Just downright scary. Just like the people were scared on that day. And a lot of folks don't know how to handle these situations because they're giant obstacles. They're giant problems in their life. And because of that, they discourage us from going forward and winning. Well, you know what we have to do? We have to learn to ignore their doubts. We can't let their dismay, we can't let their hopelessness defeat us. One of the only ways we can overcome that is simply to ignore the doubts that so many around us have. That's what David did. You see, he had to ignore what the... It made him mad that the, that the armies of the Lord would let Goliath do what he was doing, and he ignored what they had to say. He ignored what King Saul had to say. He ignored what his own brothers had to say. And he went out and he won the battle with the help of the Lord. Don't let the naysayers, the people around us, the ones who've lost hope themselves and, and can't see a way to win, we can't let them be the cause of our defeat. You see, the battle belongs to the Lord. David knew that. We'll talk more about it in just a second, but he knew that. And because we have that hope and we have that assurance, we have to ignore the rest. Secondly, this morning, as we think about some things that we need to remember, well, we better not forget the lion and the bear. Don't forget the lion and the bear. David didn't forget the lion and the bear. Look again at First Samuel 17, beginning at verse 34 and going through verse 37. The Bible says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions, plural, and bears, plural, And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, David, go, and the Lord be with you. Saul had initially said, David, you can't win. David said, hey, wait a minute. I remember when I was out there, shepherd boy, tending my father's sheep. And bears came and lions came because they were hungry. That's what wild animals do. They eat what they can get a hold of. And sheep are a good meal for lions and bears. And when they would come out there and they would attack and they would take one of them and they were about to kill that poor little lamb or, or that sheep. David said, I took my 30 six out there and I climbed up in a tree and I aimed at that thing. And when I hit him, I made sure I shot him four more times before I ever climbed out of the tree. Oh, David didn't have a 30 yacht six. He didn't have a shotgun. He didn't even have a BB gun. He had a stick. And he ran a bear down. And he ran a lion down. And he got the lion and the bear to turn the sheep loose. But did you read what he said? They turned on me. The lion and the bear didn't just say, Oh, I'm not hungry anymore. They turned on me. And I don't know if you caught it or not. David said, I grabbed hold of the bear and the lion. And I killed him. And did you notice I said lions and bears? English Standard Version, plural. More than one time, it seems. David fought lions and bears. And this was before. If he's 15 years old now, it's before that time. We better not forget the lion and the bear. You know what? It wasn't David who beat him; It was God. God delivered him from the hand or the paw of the lion and the bear. That's what David said. I want us to understand this morning that God does not work through the means of the miraculous today. One of the lessons that we'll look at later on this year is, is the concept of Bible miracles. We need to remember that they're a lot different than the so-called things that people term miracles today. And sometimes we even misspeak as God's people. It's miraculous. No! Bible miracles were instantaneous. Bible miracles were complete Bible miracles were undeniable. We'll talk about that more. God doesn't work through the means of the miraculous today. It's not a question of God's power as to whether or not He could. It's a matter of God's will. Just think of it in these terms. Back at the beginning, God took a handful of dirt. He created Adam and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. But God doesn't choose to take a handful of dirt anymore and make people. He set another means in motion. There was a time when God fed His people with manna from heaven. God doesn't do that today. He's chosen to do that in different ways. It's not a matter of His power. It's a matter of His will. God doesn't choose to work through the miraculous today. He he does, though, stay with us, He says. Matthew 28, verse 20, when sending us out, He said to His apostles on that day, He says, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you even unto the end of the age. He said it again in Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. He says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What does that mean? Well, it means you can confidently say, if you keep reading there, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I've got a helper. God doesn't work through the means of the miraculous today. He does work through providence, though. And again, that's one of the messages that we'll be looking at as we think about the battle belonging to the Lord. We remember back in the days of of Esther, chapter 4, verses 12 through 14, Mordecai said to her, maybe you're here in the kingdom for, for such a time as this, to deliver her people from the hands of the king. And the same was true in the days of Joseph. We can depend on God. We can depend on His presence. We can depend on His providence. We have to never forget the lion or the bear. The battle belongs to the Lord. Thirdly, we don't depend on the king's armor. David couldn't do that. He, 1 Samuel seventeen thirty-eight through 40 the Bible says, Saul clothed David with his armor, put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistines. You know, a lot of times we try to go out with a king's armor because of what our friends say. If we can't get an answer from our friends, you know what we'll do? We'll look it up on the internet. There's a lot of answers on the internet. Most of them are wrong. But there's a lot of answers on there. We try to use the king's armor. Sometimes it's modern psychology that denies God that we try to use that's king's armor. Sometimes we have to put those things off. David couldn't depend on the king's armor. He depended on what he knew. He knew God had protected him. He knew that God had protected him with his staff, with his sling. And he said, "I can use that." And he did. I do want to remind you that David did use a sling. He didn't use the armor, he used the sling. He knew what he knew, used what he knew. And simply from that, I want us to understand sometimes the solution to the challenges that we face, it may be medication. In the case of clinical depression or something of that nature, perhaps a sickness or disease, it may be in medicine. Sometimes the answer, the solution might be in being counseled by a godly counselor. Perhaps an elder or or a deacon or an older person or a preacher or maybe somebody who is a licensed counselor. Sometimes it might be taking a second or a third part-time job when it comes to economic situations in life. The point I want us to remember is this. David couldn't depend on the king's armor. He had to depend on what he knew and what he had. David did use a sling. But then, last this morning, as we think about it, we need to be willing to run toward the battle. Be willing to run toward the battle. How did the soldiers react? They ran away. 1 Samuel 17 verse 48 though says, When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. He met it head on. He went forward to challenge his aggressor. There are times when we have to act decisively in regard to our own problems. But we have to take the initiative. You see, the battle belonged to the Lord, but David still had to fight. David still had to fight. And so when we're looking at this verse and this passage and thinking about it biblically and applying it properly, we have to remember that. Sometimes we have the fight that that we must engage in as well. Well, as we close our lesson this morning, the question isn't whether God is up to the battle. Really and truly listen to me. The question this morning is, are we in the Lord's army? The battle belongs to the Lord, but are we in His army? Do you need to enlist in the army of the Lord today? If you're not a Christian if you've never obeyed the gospel. We're so thankful that uh, that a couple of our own folks here put on the Lord last week at Exposure, and I know Jonathan is here this morning. Soraya, uh, I don't think she's here. She attends most of the time over at Parish. But do you need to do that? Enlist in the army of the Lord. Put him on in baptism for the remission of your sins this very morning. Maybe you're here and. In the past, you've enlisted, but you've been missing in action. What better time than than right now, the beginning of this new year, to re-enlist, if you will, to make things right with your Lord, make things right in your life. You want the battle to be the Lord's. But sometimes you have to be the one who runs toward the battle. Are you willing to run toward the battle this morning? The battle in your life with sin... Being able to overcome it, God has required some things of us. Are you willing? If you're here this morning, you need to respond to the Lord's invitation. Do it right now. As together. What can